Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, yay or nay to some of the top free agents in the NFL. What cap space really means, and would you trust Okongwu next year? We'll talk about all that next. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We ask you to head over to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your favorites. Check us out there. Roku and Amazon Fire, two more ways that you can check out all of our content. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. So as it is legal tampering today in the NFL, and we certainly expect the Falcons to make a big splash in free agency, maybe signing as much as two or three big-time free agents and then obviously filling out their roster with uh, several other guys, whether it's their own free agents or what have you. So let's look at some of the guys that are the top free agents in the NFL, and I'll give you some instant reactions to it, okay? So obviously, Javon Hargrave, we talked about him on Friday, right? Back up the Brinks truck. And you just saw Deron Payne getting $20 million plus per year, $60 million guaranteed. Fine. I have to have a disruptor on my defensive line. Grady's one guy, but I've got to have somebody. And I don't like the edge class, the Marcus Davenports and the um, Jadavion Clownies and people like that. So I'm all about Javon Hargrave, and I think he should be the number one target for the Atlanta Falcons. Orlando Brown, here's what I will say. I think Brown is going to really cost a lot of money and I think you are going to overpay for a guy like Orlando Brown. I think that there are some other options. I wouldn't be necessarily mad, but again, why would Orlando Brown, a two-time Super Bowl champion, come and play for the Atlanta Falcons? Why, why would he do something like that? Jesse Bates, you know, we've talked a little bit about this. Look, I think the Falcons are most likely going to sign Jesse Bates, the safety from Cincinnati, okay? Am I for that? Not really. I'm not for $14 million safeties, whatever that number is going to be. Played for 13 last year. He His agent said he wants more money. You know, they couldn't get a deal worked out where they literally negotiated for over a year with the Cincinnati Bengals and couldn't get a deal worked out with them. And they're a Super Bowl team. So, again, I, I think he's a good player. This is not about the player. It's about the position. If my big splash in free agency is going to be a safety that plays 10 yards away from the football, I just I don't get enamored by those kinds of guys. And we've spent capital on safety 
two of the last three years in the draft. And if I can get Jerry Gray to coach some guys up, I can live with my two safeties. Now, you saw Jalen Ramsey go for a song the other day where he's going to the Miami Dolphins. I would have liked to have had Jalen Ramsey in a trade, but again, I'm not big on Jesse Bates, not because of the player, but because of where the position is. Mike McGlinchey. McGlinchey is a, a decent pass protector, but a really good run blocker. Is he, I, I, let me put it this way. Caleb McGarry is a poor man's Mike McGlinchey. And I think McGlinchey costs you more money. I'd rather, because of familiarity and, and style of play and everything like that, I'd rather have McGarry over McGlinchey. I wouldn't mind him, but I'd certainly rather have McGarry because I think I can get him for less money. James Bradbury. Okay, he's the corner in the Super Bowl that obviously made the uh, the play. 29 years old. I'm maybe not as high on him. Jamal Dean. Um, okay, I could... I, I could if I got to get another corner. Uh, although I like Hayward and he's a little bit older, but still, Jamal Dean wouldn't be another guy. Would be an, another guy that I could be in the market for. Bobby Wagner. Eh. Okay. I, I think some of his best days are behind him. And when you look at a guy who it's more important on the outside than in the middle for the Atlanta Falcons defense. I like Wagner as a player. I just don't know that he could do as much here. Marcus Davenport. I don't like Davenport. I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the two edge guys, Davenport, Jadavion Clowney. I'm not a fan of either of those guys. I, I just don't think the upside is there in Davenport. And I think the best days, I mean, look, if, if, if I had Miles Garrett on my other side of my defense, then maybe a Davenport or a Jadavion Clowney. But when I don't have that top tier guy in place, I think that these guys are good running mates. Levante David. I, I like David as a player. I don't think that he fits what the Falcons want to do, and especially big-time money to improve through the middle. Jason Kelsey. Can I be honest with you? I mean, I think that the Falcons, as much as this is crazy to say, that they will live with the two centers that they have. I think that they are more likely to look at left guard, look at right tackle if they can't get a deal done, with Caleb McGarry than they are to look at center. And Hennessy and Dolman, for all their flaws and warts, I think that they can live with that. And again, you can live with one bad offensive lineman. You're not going to rebuild all five spots on your offensive line with top-tier guys, but I definitely think that they will live with Dolman or Hennessy in what they bring. Odell Beckham, Jacoby Myers. We've, we've talked about some of these guys' wide receivers. I'm not for assigning free agent wide receivers and spending good money. I know Odell Beckham has talked about 20-something million dollars. I'm, I'm not in the market for a top-tier wide receiver. And again, we talked about one guy last year out of four, or what is it, out of the top 20 was a free agent signing. You don't get as much value as unless you trade or you draft some of those guys. A couple of other guys I just want to touch on real quickly here. Um, Jawan Taylor. The, the right tackle. Look, Taylor's a really nice player for the Bills offense, and they are a very heavy pass offense. We are not a heavy pass offense. He is a very good pass blocker, but
but not a very good run blocker. And if he's a guy that I got to go up and line up and mash through, he's not the kind of guy that fits with what we want to do offensively. And then obviously we talked about a couple of these guys, but um, Draymond Jones would love to have him. If I can't get Javon Hargrave, then let me go down the route of Draymond Jones. I think he's at 26. I think he's still got a lot of good years left in him, but he's a much more pass rush guy than Dalvin Tomlinson, for instance, who I think is a better disruptor and in the run game than he is pass rusher. So that's the only thing, the flip of the coin as to why I wouldn't mind Dalvin Tomlinson but I would rather have Hargrave first, Draymond Jones second, then I'll drop down into Dalvin Tomlinson. All right, let's talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Listen, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And when you go to FanDuel.com and sign up today, you can claim your no sweat first bet where you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download FanDuel. It's safe, secure, a super easy to use app. You can bet on everything from the money lines to point scores to props, everything in between. And FanDuel lets you combine bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So head to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N today and claim your no sweat first bet where if you don't win on that first bet, you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Check them out today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. So I came across an interesting tweet that was originally posted by Field Yates, NFL network guy, insider, and all this kind of stuff. And then a follow-up to the tweet that uh, Field Yates put out. So Field Yates says free agency has legitimate perils, especially in the long term, but can provide an immediate upside. The seven highest spending teams in the past seven years spiked in wins. Okay, so let's start with 2016 and we'll go through till last year and then I'll give you the win totals. So in 2016, the Giants spent the most and had five more wins the following year. 2017, the Jaguars had seven more wins the following year. The Bears in 2018, seven more wins. The Jets in 2019, three more wins. The Dolphins in 2020, five more wins. The Patriots in 2021, three more wins. And then the Jaguars last year, who were the number one, right? They, they signed, um, they signed uh, 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 the, the former Falcon linebacker. They were number one last year, six more wins. But when you look at the following year, so they got the year where they spiked in wins, okay? What'd they do the following year? Well, let's start back. 2016 Giants had five wins, okay? 2017 Giants, eight less wins. 2018 Jaguars, five less wins. 2019 Bears, four less wins. 2020 Dolphins, five less wins. 2021, uh, or sorry, the 2020 Jets, five less wins. 2021 Dolphins, one less win. And then the Patriots in 2022 
had two less wins. Now, maybe that trend will get bucked by Jacksonville, you know, whether it's, um, you know, whether they, they stay about the same or whatever. But here's the thing about free agency, okay? Free agency can give you that immediate pop, but you don't build for the long term through free agency. And, and it shows that you, you, big, you get a big boost and a big jump and things like that. Then the league catches up to you, right? Like the ebbs and the flows. And, and the NFL is a copycat league and teams try to mimic and all these different things. So, yes, spending a bunch of money in free agency can give you that short, quick burst of, of things like that. But it doesn't build you for the long term. That is still done through the draft. And I know everybody points to, well, the Rams, you know, were, okay, the Rams were a Super Bowl team a few years ago that drafted all of their guys. Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, they drafted all those guys. Then a couple of years later, then they could say, well, screw the draft. We're going to go out and make splashy moves and stuff like that. And then they were, they won the Super Bowl. So you took a Super Bowl team and just elevated it to winning the Super Bowl. But this is where the Falcons have to be careful. And I've always said this, and, and I've said it many times on this podcast, not, or I should say, having lots of cap space isn't a good thing in the NFL. Having lots of dollars to spend in free agency isn't a good recipe for long-term success because it means you didn't draft well. It means that you have a lot of guys that are not worthy of a second contract. And when you have those kinds of guys, you have to try to, you know, fill in holes in that dike before the whole damn burst on you. And that's not really the way to live. You know, you want young, cheap labor, especially if you can get it at quarterback, right? You know, we talk about all these, you know, guys go from rookie deals where, you know, they may in a fifth year, make $20 million, and now they're $50 million quarterbacks now today, right? So you still have to, at the end of the day, build through the draft. Free agent dollars and free agent spending can fix a few things, and it might give you a one-year pop. But for the long term, for building your organization, and you have to continue to draft at a high level, you can plug and play with a free agent here and a free agent there and, and a spot or two and things like that over, you know, over a few years with your team. That's different. This is talking about spending the most in free agent. This is this is talking about, again, Jacksonville last year, Foyer and all those guys that they, you know, spent a lot of money on, Christian Kirk and guys like that. Okay, it comes with a price, and then the bill starts to come due because those guys in, in you know for in their first year they manipulate the cap in such a way that okay I'm not taking a very big hit on some of these guys, but as it guys you know gets into another year and a second, third, fourth, fifty, now all of a sudden the cap starts catching up to me, and now all of a sudden I get back into purgatory because of backloaded deals and I don't have money. You know, whereas if I draft a guy, I, I know what his payout's going to be. He's not going to be a high-priced guy. 
even if I pick up a first rounder that I pick up his fifth year option on, is still going to probably be below market value, right? Again, McGarry's fifth year option would have been $13 million. They didn't franchise him for 16 on the transition and 18 on exclusive. And if he's going to be a 16, 18 million dollar player, again, you might get a, a big burst out of out of one year for it, but it's not sustainable for the long term. And it is interesting to watch those numbers that one year you spike and then you come right back down to where the mean is. And some of those teams, you know, when you're when you're an organization that has not been typically good over the long haul, you have a lot of free agent money to, to play with. And then sometimes, you know, you get that spike, but when you come back down to normal, then the free agents that you have want to leave your organization, right? You know, I mean, let's face it. Jacksonville a few years ago when they went to the AFC title game, they had the best young roster in the entirety of the NFL. They had drafted really well, but once they kind of started to slide, then you saw a lot of those guys leave the organization. And while you fill some of those gaps and things like that, because you don't have money to spend or guys, you know, end up not re-signing with your organization, or you didn't draft well enough to have guys come through the organization for a second contract, it's just not the way that you build an NFL roster. Always stick with the plan of drafting really good players. That's why if you can draft really well and you can find guys like, you know, if you can find fifth round running backs who give you a thousand yard season, that's the way you draft. If you can draft a Grady Jarrett, who's a disruptor in the first, in the fifth round, that's where if you're a really good organization, you make a lot of headway and you have young, cheap labor that really outperforms all of their contracts. All right, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Listen, it's a new year. You're looking to be a new you and we're eating right and we're trying to get healthier and things like that. So we're looking for our snacks, low sugar, low carb, low calorie, but high protein. Built Bar's got you covered. So check out all of the great flavors at Built.com, all the different protein bars that are available. And you can also get the protein-infused marshmallow puffs, but they're always coming out with new flavors every month. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein. So whether you go the traditional protein bar way or you go with the protein-infused marshmallow puffs, check it out. But now you can go to Walmart in the pharmacy section and grab you a box of Built Bars, or you can head over to Sam's Club and grab you a box of Built Bars. So whether you go the brick-and-mortar route or whether you go online to built.com, they've got you covered either way. Whatever way that you prefer, grab your box of built bars today. So, would I trust Anyeka Okongwu next year to be my starting center? You know, Okongwu's done some good things this year. He's made 17 starts this year, he's obviously averaging his career high in points. He's up a point per game um, this season. He's playing about three, three, three and a half minutes in that range, more than he has last year. His field goal percentage is down. Um, and, you know, he's, we don't even count his three point percentage, but his field goal percentage is down from the previous year. Seven rebounds, 
Okay. 66 games played, 23 and a half minutes that he's averaging right now. Now, when you look at Clint Capella's numbers, okay, Clint Capella's averaging 26.8 minutes. So basically, he's playing 3.2 minutes more per game. But he's giving you 12 points and 11 rebounds. And when you look at their defensive rating, Clint Capella's number one for the Hawks. Okongwu is number two. Clint Capella has a defensive rating of 111.5, and Okongwu has a 112.2. So would I trust Okongwu to take over the center position if the Hawks decide to move on from Clint Capella? Okay. I would, me personally, I would rather ride out another year of Clint Capella. When you look at Clint Capella and his contract, okay, because this is this is the big thing that if you are not going to go into the luxury tax, that you have to start figuring these kinds of things. Clint Capella is an $18.7 million hit next year. Then he goes up to 20.6, and then he goes up in his final year, to $22.3 million. So he's got little bumps along the way. Next year, I mean, or I should say this year, he's 18.7. Next year, he's uh, 20.6. So it's not a big jump, but he's still a $20 million center, whereas Okongwu is certainly much more value. But I like the dynamic that Clint Capella brings to this team. And I don't really think that Okongwu, given his injury history and different things like that, I don't think that he's ready to take over 82 games of starting at center. Now, obviously, if you have a Kongu and you get rid of Capella, you're going to have to go get you another big man, whether that's through the draft or whether it's free agency or whatever you have to do, a trade or something like that. But I like the dynamic that Clint Capella brings to this team. I think he brings, I think he's a, a near elite rebounder. I think he's a good rim protector. He's a guy that cleans up on the offensive end where he gets you some offensive rebounds. He kind of scores those junk baskets. And he's probably arguably right now your best rim protector, even, even more than a Congo. He's probably your best rim protector. So when you factor everything in, okay, if I'm going to move on and, and I know that this won't be popular, but if I'm going to move on, I probably move on more from, John Collins or DeAndre Hunter before I move on from Capella. And I do think that Capella and Okongwu are a good one-two punch. I think that they, I think that that combination at center or your guy in the middle, because whatever you want to call Okongwu, I know he's not a true center. He's a 6'8 player, but power forward, center, whatever you want to label him as. I like that dynamic and I like that combination together of those two guys. So I would probably ride Clint Capella for one more year. And then maybe you trade him in the final year of his contract where, you know, teams are looking for assets and things like that and expiring contracts and all that kind of stuff. But I would probably move, or I would probably move Capella after next year. So I want to go into next season with Capella, with Okongwu intact, and then give Okongwu that starting job. And look, if you can upgrade at center or something like that, but I, I do think that the plan eventually is for Okongwu to try to take over that spot. And maybe again, if if Capella's a guy that's injured, 
You know, we saw Congo make 17 starts this year because of injuries to Clint Capella. Maybe you have to balance out how much Capella plays. And they're playing about the same amount of minutes right now. But you look at the production between the two guys, Clint Capella's a walking double-double, 12 points and 11 boards. And when you factor the, that he's playing 26 minutes and he's grabbing you almost 12 boards per game, I don't think a Congo can replicate that type of production. So when I look at these two guys, I don't know that Okongwu, I would trust him to turn over the center spot to him going into next season. And we'll see how obviously this roster is retooled, reconfigured, re-whatever under Quinn Snyder and Landry Fields. If Landry Fields is the guy that makes all the moves and it's maybe not Quinn Snyder, but I, I just like the dynamic that Capella and Okongwu bring to one another. And you can play Okongwu and get some energy on the court but I just like the dynamic that Clint Capella brings to this team. Is he flashy? Is he Rudy Gobert? No, but he also doesn't cost me $40 million. He's a $20 million center. And while that's a good chunk of change to pay a guy like that, 12 points and 12 boards, I think that his value is there. So before I turn it over to a Kongwu, let me have one more year of Clint Capella and then maybe I can look at moving on from him. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuck where your first listen every day. Make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available Odyssey, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast from. We ask you to head over to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. You can leave us a comment as well. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Odyssey, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your favorites. Roku and Amazon Fire are also two more ways that you can check out all of our content and then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page. It is at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. We'll talk a lot more free agency. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta.